0: mind when you think of a grocery store. Most likely, you think of aisles and aisles of food, all lit with a warm fluorescent light. Perhaps you think of a crinkly piece of paper with random ingredients terribly scribbled across it and the confusion when an item is not in the same place as it was last visited. But as we move out of the pandemic, many grocery stores are adding another section that many people might not associate with a grocery store, prepared food.
1: Welcome to Spoonable Standpoint, the podcast where your hosts Leo and Charlene dig into food culture. In this episode, we will discuss the rise of supermarket prepared food, as well as the American perception of them. Are these sections going to fail in supermarkets? If so, how can supermarkets save themselves? Should they model them after other stores that already have prepared food? But first, how did we get here?
0: For most of human history, shopping for food was non-existent. Perhaps if you lived in a flourishing town in a particularly lucky time, you might be able to go to a market once in a while. But even if you were lucky, you might not have had the money. So for many humans, shopping was farming.
1: But with global industrialization came a decline in agriculture, with many farmers, sick of slow and inconsistent profits, moving to cities and working in factories where they can have consistent profits. This meant a growth of urban areas and, perhaps more importantly, a need to feed those cities. Markets were still around, but bringing fresh fruit up to cities daily was expensive and difficult to organize, so stores would open that sold food
0: these stores although grocery stores were more like an online food delivery service where you could give someone your shopping list and they give you your food without having to do anything but wait
1: of course this wasn't convenient you had to know exactly what you wanted which if you're in a hurry could be quite time consuming and especially frustrating if you forget anything the solution self-service In
0: 1916, Piggly Wiggly opened in Memphis, establishing a new way to shop without having to know exactly what you wanted. It was exactly reminiscent of a modern grocery store with items strategically placed so people would buy them, like candy by the checkout and aisles of different kinds of food. This model would only be enhanced when, in 1930, King Cullen opened in Queens. Not only did this store offer everything Piggly Wiggly did, but it also included a bakery, butcher, and a produce market.
1: This store marked the beginning of a truly efficient shopping experience since one would buy everything you needed from one store. And much of it was already made. Why would you want to make bread? You can buy a fresh loaf of it from a store. Why would you make a cake where you can buy one in a few minutes? Why would you make cookies if you could buy two dozen easily? If you notice a pattern, you would notice that these prepared foods never left the bakery. For the most part, It stayed that way.
0: Over time, supermarkets began to offer prepared foods like rotisserie chickens, which shortened the time that a customer would take to cook, which was especially helpful if they worked all day. Stores like Whole Foods offered hot meals that you could take and eat without having to think about cooking. But it was in 2017 where stores saw a shift. That year, prepared food sales rose about 140% from the previous year, and the stores took notice. What was this due to? Millennials.
1: Since the early 2000s, food health has become an important factor for many. Around this time, organic food became popular and coveted. With millennials growing up at this time, for many of them, eating healthy became a priority. In addition, with this age group getting older, they had less time to cook since their responsibilities with children and work exploded. The main issue with healthy eating is its inconvenience and difficulty of cooking. Making some vegetables taste good is hard and takes time, especially if you don't necessarily have the time you used to. This is where stores shined.
0: They knew how to cook them and that customers would buy them. It was incredibly convenient for anyone who didn't have the time to cook but had the time to shop. More stores started to implement these service stations more readily, and they evolved past healthy foods and into whatever foods customers would
1: like. But how have these grocery stores shifted the public's perception from a place to shop to a place to eat? And has it worked?
0: Regarding the question that we just left off on. I definitely think it just depends on the store. Like honestly, like if I'm just going to this is this is just fully personal experience over here. If I'm going to like stop and shop or something, I'm usually just in and out, um, getting whatever I need and then going. Like I' Stopping I'm, and
1: shopping, if you will?
0: Yes, exactly. I'm stopping and shopping at Stop and Shop. So I feel like you know what? I feel like it's kinda of justified if they uh didn't really change the public perception. But aside from that, like I I don't really know them for their, um, prepared foods. Like I've had their rotisserie chickens before, but not, but nothing really like a full on meal that you can just like take home and prepare. But I also live really close to this really good supermarket called Stew Leonard's. And then they have literally everything prepared. It's like they have more hot food stands than actual grocery food. And it's actually really good food as well. They have like buffet sections with barbecue, mac and cheese, uh, freshly prepared chips and everything, pizza, sushi, all that. So mm. sometimes I would go there for the sole purpose of picking up lunch. I wouldn't buy groceries. I wouldn't do anything. So, I mean, it, that really goes to show like... How different each store is so but generally for the most part i'd say public perception hasn't changed that much but it could just be yeah
1: yeah i, I mean for the most part i do agree with you but like the last few times have been in a stop and shop it's really only been in the last like few months right it's a stop and shop near me it's been like completely different like the kind of food they have it used to just be like rotisserie chicken but now they have a sushi section now they have like soup bars and um, salad bars and pasta bars and chicken wing bars and all, all any kind of bar you uh, you can think of. Food bars. Wow. I love um, wow. But, <laughs> okay. This is, I feel like the perception of the food there hasn't really changed all that much because this is so disgusting. So a few months ago, I saw a meme of Cheeto Sushi, oh, which is like sushi <laughs> with like crushed Cheetos around it. And I was like, that's disgusting. And then a, f- a few weeks later, I was in Stop and Shop, and I see Flaming Hot Cheeto Sushi. <laughs> They're actually selling that. Um, and it's it reminds me of, like, gas station sushi. Where mm-hmm.
0: it, yes, exactly.
1: I'm sure it's a lot more fresh than gas station mm-hmm. sushi. But at the same time, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to take any risks with that food. Um But if it was a more, you know, like if it was actually like a a sushi bar, like not just a supermarket, maybe a Cheeto sushi would be like, okay, that's a weird stunt. I'm sure it tastes good. Um, but I think just the fact that it's in like a supermarket, it just it feels so weird. Um so I I, I agree with you there where it isn't really like all that different than it was maybe a few years ago, but what I will say is the variety has uh, expanded. It used to be only like Whole Foods had it, right. had just like, yeah. you know, any kind of food you want. Whoops. Um, but I feel like recently, especially after the pandemic, a lot of stores are trying to, you know, expand their services past just like, you know, raw ingredients.
0: Yeah, when you showed me that picture, <laughs> when, you, when you first showed me the picture of that flaming hot Cheeto sushi, I thought it was a joke. I thought there was like, oh, you just got that from, like, some Instagram meme page. No, like, mm-hmm. I, I still I wish. cannot believe I wish. to this day it is a real thing. <laughs> and at Stop and Shop, too. Like, no, I totally agree with you. I, I've watched too many medical videos. Shout out to Chubby Emu, <laughs> by the way. Um, about gas station sushi and people oh, getting, no. like, absolutely poisoned from it. And, yeah. I mean, it's so weird. Like, the, the environment of a gas station is so much different than a supermarket, but I still trust both of them, like, to the same level, which <laughs> yeah. is not at all. <laughs> it's it's really weird.
1: Yeah. It, it's interesting because some um, stores, some grocery stores, I 100% trust the food there, and some I just don't. Like, for example, as I said, Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Um, In eighth grade, when I would go to these classes to study for this, uh, high school placement exam that we have in New York city every single day before I went to the class, I would have a full meal at whole foods and it was really good. (laughs) Like if I went to a restaurant and they gave me the food, they gave me the food I got at whole foods, I would be happy. I know people who regularly eat at whole foods or eat the stuff from whole foods, but I don't know how that's different from the food at stop and shop. Maybe it's just how we've come to perceive the two different supermarkets. So maybe it, it, it is an issue of, you know, if Cheeto sushi is actually really disgusting and it's a gas station sushi, or if because it's stop and shop versus like a, a super high end grocery store, like uh, whole foods that we're just like, it's probably terrible. Um, So it might be an issue just with supermarket, I guess, atmospheres.
0: Yeah, definitely. The perception is important. I mean, like, there's still – I mean, at least here, there's still, like – there's still basic food handling laws that you have to follow. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't – yeah, you're right. The safety probably doesn't differ that much.
1: How do you think, in your opinion, how do you think a supermarket like Stop & Shop would be able to um, brand themselves – Or I guess that kind of answers the question – but. what can a supermarket like Stop and Shop do to attract people to their um, their food, their prepared food? I should say. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I don't think there's much. I don't think there's much. I feel like they they've already uh, they've already established their sort of place in the realm of supermarkets, at least to me. But. Um, I'd say maybe if they were to offer more options, then people would like just walk past them more often and be like, "Oh, maybe I can try this out." And then, oh, it actually ended up being good, and then, and then and then they're a returning customer, return, um, recommend it to other people. Maybe it slowly spreads like that. But I think generally, unless they make some major change to their business model, their mm-hmm. their thing is already set. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I feel like yeah. you can't have both amazing prepared food and oh. And, like, the wide variety of grocery store food like Stop and Shop has. Mm -hmm. Like, Stop and Shop has a huge variety, I'll say that. So, of course, they can't (laughs) really have such a big variety of freshly prepared foods, which is still, to my understanding, a lot harder to prepare. Like, the Sue Leonard's I was talking about before... They have, like, all the standard things that you have in a normal grocery store, except they don't have a lot of name brands. If you want to find, like, a jar of tomato sauce, instead of having, like, a hundred options like you would at Stop and Shop, you maybe only have, like, five brands to choose from. So I think there's definitely, like, a relationship between how big your food selection is and how much you can invest in prepared food. And I think Stop and Shop is just all the way on the other end. And unless, yeah, unless unless they do a major change, I think it's just gonna stay that way.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, but it, uh, uh, to some extent, I, I I think something Whole Foods did a while ago was it emphasized its um its, its food. A big mm-hmm. section of each Whole Foods store is just its food, and, mm-hmm. and you can see it made right in front of you, which I think is the thing that makes that shop a little weird to eat at versus a Whole Foods. A Whole Foods, generally, they have like you know, multiple like counters where you can be like, "Hey, I want this," and they'll make it for you. Maybe they'll have you know stuff out buffet style. Um, but I think seeing those, seeing people like make the food, is more reassuring. Like at the Stop and shop near me, where they have the uh, the Cheeto sushi, there is a sushi bar right behind where all the sushi is, but only like. I can't even think of a time where I saw someone behind there making sushi. Now I know it's fresh, right? Because it's a really big sushi bar or, or there's a really big sushi kitchen behind uh, the glass. So I don't think that's just there for, uh, for decorative purposes, but at the same time, I've never seen a chef there. I've just seen it laid out uh, on the glass counters. So I think that makes it a lot more impersonal. um, And the fact that, you know, Stop and Shop doesn't brand itself for having like prepared food, brand itself for having non-prepared food, <laughs> just regular grocery essentials. Um, and I think the combination of those two m- make it a much more different uh, eating experience than just going to a restaurant or, or even going to a Whole Foods.
0: Wow, that is very interesting that you say that because I've never noticed it before. But that's literally exactly it. I never see anyone like even in Stop and Shops. I don't know why we keep going back to Stop and Shop, but it is very relevant <laughs> here. Like <laughs> yeah. even in Stop and Shops, Um rotisserie chicken section, you would expect to see the rotisserie chicken like out and like being spun and like being taken yeah, out by people. Okay. Like
1: I see it spun. Really? I don't know about you? It, I see it, it in, in <laughs> it's always there. Yeah, it's always
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> in the stop and shop that I go to, it's literally just out in like a, in like a small heated like stand. No one there. You just grab one and then check it out at the hmm. checkout line, really. I don't see anyone there. It's, it's just like sitting there. Same with the sushi. Yeah. It had a sushi bar too, but never saw anyone making sushi. The yeah. only place I would see like staff in stop and shop were either like at the checkout lane, helping to restock the shelves or mm. at the cold cut section, like giving yeah. out the meats and cheeses and everything. I never mm-hmm. saw anyone preparing the foods. It was ve- it, it it was crazy. Yeah. And stuff stuff like cupcakes too. Like Yeah. In stores like Costco and yeah, in stores like Costco, you can smell the entire bakery section. I think that's definitely Costco is definitely a store that prides themselves in their prepared foods because it is all delicious. I've never had a single bad experience with Costco prepared foods and even more so their prepared desserts (laughs) because you can always smell the croissants. Oh my God, heaven. It's literally heaven on earth, right? It's it's, it's amazing. And you could see like their giant bakery kitchen loading out all the carts and everything. You'd very often see a lot of staff bringing out completely freshly prepared goods into the refrigerated section, into the section out. So... Do, so uh, you think the about, personal aspect really yeah. is important there, like.
1: Do, so I mean, do you think? I mean, this is probably a pretty obvious question, but do you think the you know the being able to like personally see everything makes it a better experience eating there?
0: Yeah, well, about the food quality in general, like you know, it's being prepared there, fresh on the spot.
1: What I find interesting, the reason why I asked you that question is because, well, if we talk about sushi, uh, I, I, I don't think uh, you or I are going to go into a stop and shop and uh, eat sushi. But we will gladly go in and get like the bread Mm -hmm. that's baked there or the uh, cupcakes that are baked there or the cookies or whatever. Most of the time, you don't see someone always uh, baking exactly what uh, you're buying, but sometimes you see someone baking something. But at the same time, you never see anyone... At least I haven't seen anyone make the sushi or or you haven't seen anyone make the rotisserie chicken. Um, so how can we trust the bakery sections more than the prepared food sections? Now I'd say it's because bakery sections have been there a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And people un- understand, uh, what, what it is because <laughs> it's been around for so long. But I think the other side to it, at least in my opinion, is that bakeries tend to be really expensive. <laughs> And um, for the most part, grocery stores like Stop and Shop have pretty cheap baked goods. So you don't have to go to a bakery where it's super expensive. Maybe it's it's obviously better, but it's much more expensive and it's kind of out of your way versus it just being there. Um, Prepared foods, I think it's a little different because there are so many restaurants you can go to. There's just so many more places you can go to get that kind of food than just your supermarket, so you don't feel the need to actually eat from the supermarket.
0: Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. And I feel like even, I don't know, I feel like even from like a cleanliness point of view, I feel like a baked good is much less likely to be like contaminated or anything. Because like we were talking <laughs> about like the gas station, Susie, before poisoning or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, if it's a baked good, like it's it's already baked you're baking off all the bacteria and everything and then you're just sealing it, whatever. If, it, if it's a yeah. prepared food, you're letting it sit out for a while. There's a lot of room and you just eat it straight there. I don't even know. Like, that's just another that's another reason to the list.
1: I, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's, um. I really wouldn't say it's any like more or less clean because like people like still take the baked goods and then put them back. I think it's, you know, <laughs> I think I'm going to have to do a callback real quick to a different episode about uh, about buffets. Because I think
0: mm-hmm, yes, another
1: thing Gosh. <laughs> is that... Go listen to the episode. But also, uh, <laughs> uh, the taboo that comes from buffets in America, I think, has carried over into supermarkets. Because those supermarkets, for the most part, are just like buffets. Um, and if, if you think about eating at a buffet, I think a lot of people will be like that's not very clean. Um, I don't really want to eat there, especially after COVID, which is exactly when a lot of these stores are pushing their prepared foods. So I think this really goes hand in hand with the discussion we had a bit ago about buffets and how people perceive buffets.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, definitely the perception of buffets plays mm-hmm. in here too. I mean, you don't go to a buffet for like a, like a gourmet meal. You really go to a buffet... To get the experience of being able to like try everything there, you you don't expect the best of the best, and you don't expect of the cl- the cleanliness of the cleanliness. Okay, um, and yeah, I think it's the same for g- grocery stores. So I do think it's a good idea for them to switch to prepared foods, but at the same time, you also have to compete with restaurants. So it really depends. And like going off of what we were saying earlier about how much grocery food they offer versus how much they can spend on prepared foods. It really is specific to the store. So what we're saying could be, could sound completely wild to anyone else who does not live within reach of any of the stores we talked about today. I,
1: I think when we talk about the overlap between buffets and supermarkets, I think it's important to talk about the, um, the human element to, to food experiences. When you're served something, you feel it feels a lot more safe because you're like, oh, someone cooked it and they brought it to me. When you get it yourself, it feels um, more like eating at home, except you didn't see the person who made it like you usually do at home. So there's just this weird disconnect with the food you have. And I think inherently for humans, connection to stuff is how we enjoy things when there's some sort of human connection. And I think for a store like Stop and Shop, or any store that doesn't really have that human connection yet, what they need to do is provide that human connection. And then they'll see more people starting to eat their prepared food.
0: Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Spoonable Standpoint. If there's something you want us to talk about, put it in the question we pose on Spotify under our Season 2 trailer or on our website. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at squinnable standpoint for bonus content and a link to our website. If you like this episode, don't forget to share. We release a new episode every other Friday, and we hope to see you there.